All right, KISS Army, welcome to the KISS FAQ Podcast. Thank you for giving us your time today and letting us into your head. I hope we don't do any damage. This is a KISS-related podcast by the board for the board. We hope that you enjoy. All right, welcome to the KISS FAQ Podcast. Daniel came sliding in, and he's not wearing his sexy new mittens. I'm very disappointed by that, Daniel. Um, good to see you again. Got Lonnie St. Louis Kiss. What's up? Um, Mark's Almighty Mark. Greetings. And the voice of reason, Ken. Hello. 69th Blizzard. Good morning. On the board. So I want to thank everyone for joining us live this morning. We've got an episode that is going to be a second edition of Kiss Versus. We're going to be uh, rolling up some of the classic Kiss albums and throwing them up against the competition um, for what was released in those years in the 70s. However, this week, uh, you know, let's start with Gene News since we've got a Scandinavian in the house. And Gene Simmons is starting to announce some summer tour dates in Europe. He's coming to your neck of the woods, kind of, isn't he, Daniel? Yeah, he's coming over here to Sweden. And uh, first, he, he uh, it was... It was um, said that he was going to tour Dalhalla, where Kiss toured last year. Uh, so he started off with one gig there, and I've seen they've sold like 850 tickets. So it's not a big seller so far. Mm. Uh, but that's probably because they have mentioned that he will play some of the major cities as well. So he'll probably end up playing at least Gothenburg and probably Stockholm as well. So people are kind of holding out and wait, waiting for, for these other shows to be announced. So, But it's cool. He's back. And I saw him a few years back, back in 2018 in, in Stockholm. It was a great show. And I'm, I'm on the fence if I'm, I'm going this summer as well. I probably will. Yeah, and I'm sure a lot of European fans are going to get the opportunity to do a road trip because if Gene's out there doing one market, I think uh, Holland was already announced as well. Uh, but the, these dates are popping up, GeneSimmons.com, that'll be uh, where you get all your news up to date. And if not, there are certain people to follow on Facebook who have accurate information. So, um, you know, Lonnie, you've seen the Gene Simmons solo band. I mean, start chanting USA, USA, USA. Because, uh, <laughs> we're ready. Uh, it doesn't help us. <laughs> we're ready. I, we're, we hope uh, we hope these dates continue. It'd be fun. I mean, why yeah. not? So, I guess what the, the feeling I was getting out of some of the announcements was that a U, U.S. dates may follow, but I would think that's going to be much more hit and miss. USA does not have kind of the summer music festival market that Europe has firmly established, which is a completely different ecosystem. Now, touring there is a little bit more of a logistical challenge, uh, but if he's got a small self-contained band, uh, you know, and, and not the massive headlining Kiss show, it should be much easier for him. I want to say hello to everyone who's uh, with us live right now. Opal Archive, Keep It Greasy, uh, CMAC uh, from around. Good to see you all. Thanks for joining us. Um, the other big announcement is that clearly Kiss is celebrating the anniversary of the first album according to their release date, February the 18th. And as I said in the last episode, it doesn't matter when you celebrate it. New items have been announced. So, you know, let's look at this uh, potpourri of awesomeness. There's the cornhole, of course. If it Why not? They released bowling balls. So. If it didn't sell, it wouldn't be there. You know, so it's obviously popular. There are a lot of fans in the Midwest. Um, 
Whoa, whoa, whoa! Taking shots at the there you go. What is yeah. that? What is You're that? You're a cornhole player, there, Lonnie. <laughs> wow. Yeah, what, what do you think we do on Friday nights? Adjective cornhole player. Cornhole. <laughs> Looking for that cornhole. cornhole. Get it in there. Yes. So, you know, Lonnie, you're, you're, you're flapping your lips. So did you buy anything? And uh, what were some of the standout, standout items that you, uh, you either picked up or you are just shaking your head at? Well, I did, I did get the gold record yesterday morning. Um, when they went on sale, my wife's chiming in about cornhole even. Um, I did get the gold record immediately when it went on, when it went on sale. I could have gotten the picture disc. It was there when I ordered mine. Uh, my colored, but you know, these things. These things used to be fifty dollars, and now the gold record comes with a T-shirt. Now it's after tax, it's over a hundred dollars, and the the picture disc is two hundred and fifty dollars. And I'm sure after tax, it's 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 pushing three. Um, so I didn't get it. I, you know, I probably could have, and like a lot of people did, probably got could have gobbled it up and and put it on up for resale the next day, which I'm I'm sure you can probably already go on eBay or some other site and and find them going for. Um, ridiculous amounts of money, but no, I got the gold record. Um, you know, the, there's there's some there's some crappy shit out there though too. At the same time, who's in charge of their merchandise? Some these decisions, with, you know, a yellow T-shirt that says "Get up and get your grandma out of here." Who's gonna wear that? <laughs> who, who wears that? I know this is terrible. You, you know, I I like I, I told Ken if they had done that's really nice. Now play Love Gun. You know, for a love gun release, I might buy it, but that is a deuce. That T-shirt is a steaming pile. Um, it's kind of embarrassing <laughs> that that is what they came up with for. You know, some of the other T-shirt designs. To be perfectly honest, while they don't appeal to me, they're not that bad. But one with just that text is pretty awful. Yeah, they could have had Gene on there, a picture of Gene on there, you know, kicking Grandma on the butt or something. You know, <laughs> at least make it a little bit more. Mark. Did, yes. did you buy anything, or was there anything that really grinds your gears at looking at that oh. selection? Okay, let me, let, me, let me get that quarter ready. Um, so here, here's the thing. Um, I bought nothing, and I'll tell you why. Because the, the, when I saw this, I was absolutely, number one, flabbergasted at how inflated these prices are, number one. Number two, the fact that you cannot buy the album alone separately like you could with every other release that they've done so far is an absolute crime because i didn't want that ridiculous long sleeve shirt i don't wear white long sleeve shirts okay so that that to me was out the window and it, it was it, it's expensive like I don't, anywhere you slice it it's just way too pricey and it's not even that good you know and i have several copies of that and look let's let's face the fact that album is the same master, same cut as it was from the from the reissue that they did back in what 2014 or 2016. The same thing, okay, exactly the same thing, just gold vinyl. So you know what? I don't need another copy of that. I have a fantastic copy of the original on black vinyl, and that and I don't want that long sleeve shirt. Why they didn't do this individually is crazy, but they did it in other countries. Apparently, Australia. If you kiss online, there they had it separately. Other countries had it, but, but no, not for us, of course. You know, because we're yeah, fools. You, we're you gonna know why? buy it. Shipping logistics. 
Okay, but we're also stupid enough to buy it too, to, to buy it in a bundle instead of complaining about it. You know, <laughs> kind of nice. Yeah, see, the Diane Daniel injuries. <laughs> you know? Stupid ones. We are we are foolish people here. You know, but I don't. I didn't buy any of it. None of this stuff really appealed to me. I mean, I'm a t-shirt guy. I love it. But what I'm going to do is I'm going to go back to the original Kiss uh, uh, page that they had back when they did the uh, white vinyl version, and I'm grabbing the t-shirts from there because I like those t-shirts better. They're only thirty bucks. They're so I'm going for those. I love the t-shirts. So I'm going to go for those. But I didn't buy any of that. That's just, just nothing. Nothing appealed to me about that. But one last thing, quickly, before we go over and have this little self promotion. But something else did come out yesterday or today, which is the new Project Gemini album came out on my Bandcamp page. So if you're looking for another option that's not going to you know tear a hole in your wallet, okay. <laughs> You can go there because I have a CD for $13 Canadian, which is next to nice nothing single. in American dollars. Okay. There you go. So there you go. If you want some good music, uh, go and check it out. You, you never know. You might like it. Well, we'll celebrate the release date of that album in 10 days. Um, you know, <laughs> you, you did mention that the album is using the same master as 2014. Now, I can't remember whether it was Ken Mills or Matt Porter pointed out on Facebook that they were on the Apple Music size and that the debut album is apparently available as an Atmos mix um, hmm. or in Atmos. Um, so f for whatever that's worth, and I think someone was also chiming and saying that there are nuances uh, and elements that do stand out in the Atmos um, mix as pre presented in that format. So if you do subscribe to Apple Music, do check that out, because otherwise, you know, I'm still listening to the 192 digital uh, HD tracks version, um, which has been my go to. Now, Ken, I thought that you would definitely be a buyer for this. <laughs> I know. Um, I mean, you know, Yes. <laughs> I looked at it like I thought for one second I thought that's kind of cool and then I thought but I think I'm it would worried. be perfect I, don't, I wouldn't wear it in public no <laughs> but on the podcast you would wear your wizard thing that you bought a few years ago and that one over that one it would be magic yeah yeah that uh, <laughs> oh, don't say magic ah, that don't was say interesting that I mean, it's okay if I was if I was you know eighteen maybe. If you were nine, maybe. Yeah, that's the first <laughs> no, thing maybe. I did was check the sizes. I thought that was I know. only available kind for like, children. Well, it know. goes up to three X. <laughs> yeah. So um, Mark could actually have it. By the by, the way, Magic was on the magic. board this week. But magic, there was a whole lot of chatter about Magic on the board this week, wasn't there, Julian? Um. You were involved, involved. Yeah, no, there barely seems to be a week where there isn't chatter about magic because, again, incredible. You know, the the website keeps getting taken offline by malcontent uh, purchasers, and it keeps coming back. Um, <laughs> so now it's into a doom loop of whack-a-mole because, again, the, the person behind that failed project is still taking money and shopping on eBay. That was That's definitively terrible. posted on uh, Facebook by a seller who was selling negatives wow. and found out that that person had bought them and canceled the transaction and received negative feedback. So it doesn't have money for refunds but can afford to be trying to buy negatives after already taking nearly $250,000 and saying that there's no money for refunds. So make of it what you will. Um, mm. And that's why the topic never goes away, unfortunately. And as much as I try and resist, because it's just futile at this point to continue a conversation yeah. about it. Um, let's get back to, uh, you know, some of this merch. 
Mm. Oh, buckle. That's actually halfway okay. decent. That's all right. Yeah. Yeah. Better, it's better than some, yeah. Um, but, and but then... Lo- Julian, you're, you're you're avoiding the one elephant in the room one. I wonder if you're going to touch on that one. Yes. That one? $1, uh, like, $1, and, and what, on what planet does $1,500 seem like a logical price tag for something like this? Somebody what bought is, one yesterday. What is it? Why? Like, what, 1500 bucks? Okay, did. but $100? Okay, maybe I could, I could see that. But $1,500? What on this? Okay, Julian, maybe I'm a maybe I'm a foolish Canadian. What is it about that that's worth fifteen hundred dollars? It'll be limited edition, and someone will want an exclusive, high-priced item, um, or maybe they were thinking that the the similar item at Madison Square Garden and in the uh, that they then did more of sold very well. Again, if that sold well enough. What's a corporate mind going to think? Well, let's double the price, and it will either sell or they won't make it. I mean, I mean, um, when's the ship date for all this crap? Well, so, it, blow, it blows my mind that new yes. merchandise can attract this sort of attention, and, and that people go crazy for new merchandise well, we produced last have... week. I mean, it's been like this for a few years now. It's the old stuff that you should be collecting old stuff, vintage stuff, the real stuff. I mean, anyone can make a t-shirt or, or, or other crazy stuff, and people gobble it up anyway. I don't get it. I don't get it. Mm-hmm. Daniel, they force you to buy the bundle, you know, when you yeah. buy the, the vinyl. I, I, like Lonnie, I bought the gold vinyl. Yeah, but um, how many editions do you need of the, the debut? How many t- kids yeah. T-shirts do you need? Every do you need three hundred and sixty-five T-shirts because you're lazy doing the laundry? Is that it? Can isn't that the truth? That Wait a minute! Wait a minute! Here we go. I do the laundry. Wow. I do the laundry. So actually, I'm doing it right now. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I mean, it's they force you into you know buying these. They force you. I want. I want to stop you right there. They don't force, force you. Force in. Yeah, I, I didn't have to. Right, I didn't have yeah, to. It, it, it is always a choice. You know. Again, I went out for coffee yesterday morning, and I'd forgotten about this dropping. So I get back, and this is already sold out. And I'm yeah. like, well, I don't want that god awful jacket anyway. Um, but the picture disc itself looks pretty cool. That's using all alternative or an outtake from that photo session. I think the Kiss logo is in rhinestones, so ooh, you can rub it. Well, I think of more interesting things to rub. Um, yes. The poster is a is like a mylar metallic riff on the original poster. So any collector who's got the original isn't going to you know go into a tizzy at it being duplicated. So I mean, as a, as an item, I think the cover is also metallic print. I don't remember the details on oh, it. Okay. I think when they don't have a lot of latitude in doing, you know, product that they've worked pretty well with what is available to make a picture disc. And yeah, we had picture discs in Europe in the eighties of all these albums, but it didn't look like that. And I don't know what's on the back cover um, or the back or the flip side of the mm-hmm. album, but it sold out. And I, I, I looked at that for a minute. I'm like, well, I don't want the freaking jacket. And I don't want to have to deal with the hassle of reselling the jacket just to get the picture disc. Exactly. Oh, and by the way, I don't actually need the picture disc because I haven't played any of the freaking vinyl that I've bought in the last few years. Psycho Circus is still sitting in a box with the T-shirt behind me, unopened. So, you know, well, for they... me, 
I wasn't forced to do anything. Now, Ken feels forced. <laughs> well, well, not, not well, really forced. Not forced, but I wouldn't have bought the T-shirt by itself. Right. If you would have bought it by the vinyl by itself, had it been there by itself. You fools. You know, why would I? <laughs> I'm, not, I'm, not anyway. I'm not arguing that point. I'm you know, not arguing other, that point. We the, other thing, <laughs> the other thing is, um, um, what is it? <laughs> no, someone's already putting it out there on eBay for $999. And someone has the choice to buy it or to do what uh, I did. Were they forced to buy it? They were forced to buy it. They're forced to make a profit. No, I no, mean, I, I guess yeah. KISS fans are conditioned to flip items because those limited editions, there were 500 of those picture discs mm-hmm. available, and the limit was four per customer. I mean, that is just infuriating still. And again, as one, one of our commenters, John Ross, did state, limited edition moves products. I'm going to put that on, on everything lap- that I have. Limited edition, yeah, limited go. edition yeah, 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 Kleenex yeah. that I blew in the studio when I was recording Kiss, on Kiss sale. Fans, <laughs> Kiss fans wake up yesterday morning and it says limited edition. They're like limited, and they, they lose their mind. <laughs> they start throwing their credit cards at the screen. I mean, take my wallet. Yeah, yeah. no, yeah. it it really it really is that the the hype. You know, the vast majority of people I saw who are kind of in, in my my circle. We're like, that's the big announcement. Yeah. I roll. Because yeah. again, some of us knew what was coming and you know, refused to drop the hints just because you don't steal exclusivity from a corporate monolith. Um it, it's but then again, it's better than nothing. There's another vinyl coming too shortly. Mm-hmm. There's a nice sex pistols so, comment on limited. I don't edition. know what it is. <laughs> yeah. Ever get the feeling you're being swindled? All right. Anything further on? No. What about, what, what about Ace's videos? Have you seen them? Ace going shopping? Sure. No, uh, I haven't watched any of that stuff. Karen, what, what do you have to say about Ace's shopping? It's <laughs> such ridiculous. It's just goofy. I, I mean, think it was kind of fun. It's just promoting. It's, it's Ace. <laughs> You know, that's all I can say. It's like, oh, yeah, that's Ace for you. Um, I think Ace but. is perfect for these YouTube shorts or, or Instagram videos or TikToks. True. I mean, just put him anywhere, and he's so he's so out there. It it works. I think it's a good way to, <laughs> of, of you know he's better in a market than on stage these days. Yeah. Well, and who knows? The Osbournes worked as a TV show. Maybe Ace and Laura, you know, can uh, do something on Netflix. Because, yeah. Again, he's got an album to promote. Mm -hmm. And the way you do it in this day and age is get ears and eyes on it any which way you can. And that means sometimes making an ass out of yourself, Mm -hmm. um, as I'm an expert in. um, Mark's first first barf. (laughs) Barf. Number and one. he's got he's what is it twenty two? I mean, he's got more variants of yeah, the album than incredible. COVID has. I Always mean, incredible. Yeah. But I think All the right. team the team that's backing Ace is doing quite a good job at promoting his items. They are. They've got him on every podcast. Yeah, yeah. they've got him everywhere, and we're talking about him. Yeah. That's like a that's. I mean, I'll, I'll never else? I'll never take that away from Ace as far as that goes. I mean, he's making new music. 
you know, he's getting out there. And the promotional team he has behind him is really good. I mean, everywhere I look on my uh, YouTube feed, there's always something about he's here on this station, on this podcast, or whatever. And he and he doesn't restrict himself, it seems. He's gone on really big channels. He's gone on some pretty small ones, too, and as well. So I, I tip my hat to Ace. For yep. Yeah, I think we were all quite positive when he released the first single. What did you think about, uh, what was it called, Walking on Walking the Moon? Walking on the Moon. Or, yeah. I don't mind it. I don't mind it. It's all right. The video yeah. was kind of interesting. <laughs> yeah. Interesting, yeah. And the next one is something about a cherry. Cherry medicine. Isn't it? Yeah. So uh, I haven't heard that one yet. Oh, I heard a snippet. No, it'll be out there soon. Yeah, so it'll be fun to do the I mean the review show on the album. Yeah. And I've already yeah. posted my review of it on the FAQ and it's so so long ago now that it's probably buried a few pages back, but I I, I like the album and I've listened mm -hmm. to it repeatedly. Um, every time I listen to it, I enjoy it. I, I'm thrilled that 50 years after the release of the debut album, one of these band yeah. members is still, you know, putting out new music. And should any of them, any of the others, put out some new music, that includes everyone who's been in the band, then I'll be mm -hmm. ex equally excited about that as well. Again, if we're not getting archival releases, then new stuff, um, you know, serves a purpose to me. Um, so I'm curious, Julian, what's your favorite song from the album? Is it 10,000 Volts? No, fighting for life. Fighting for life. Okay. Yeah, it's real, real up tempo. Really, just it's a it's a great vocal, and again, the vocal is the challenge. Just with how Ace's mechanics and voice has changed over the years, um, and and it's something that people comment on. But there's there's a, and the cover is really good. You know, it's, Julian. Uh, yeah. Uh, one question for you, um, because I haven't really gotten into the minutia of the record yet but uh are these songs mainly written with just ace or is it really uh steve and him writing a lot of this stuff uh i, I think just about everything was a co-write um there was one with david julian or julian david i always get it asked backwards john jeffrey correct me um you know who did two songs uh obviously the cover i think quite a few things are ideas that start with ace that then mm -hmm. steve took and developed into a song or steve brought in and then ace put his stuff on I, again the songwriting process one doesn't devalue the other if someone brings in a song and then someone puts their stamp on it they're still oh, putting I, sorry i was just gonna say I, I don't i'm not saying anything about that i'm just wondering if there were like how much co-writes were actually happening that's all oh sorry well you just let me waffle on and i will that's okay no 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 Let's go ahead <laughs> Yeah, so I think everything was a co-write. Okay. I can't remember of anything that was uh, specifically Ace only. Back into my arms again, because that was originally written with Arthur Stead back in 84. I don't know what the credits are on that on the album, because I haven't seen the liner notes. So yeah. let's uh, get into today's topic. Uh, whose idea was this, and tell us why. Well, I think it was uh, my idea at first, and then Ken took it over and put in a lot of... <laughs> I get it. Okay, well, <laughs> I kind of like strange albums that I had to listen to this weekend. <laughs> so you were you were forced to. I was forced to by <laughs> the voice of reason. So, uh, but some of the albums were quite good, so I don't mind. All right, well let's let's start off just with a broad question. We're going to be doing five. What is it? Five Kiss albums. So Kiss. Uh, yeah. We're not doing classic kiss because it's just one Trust year. Trust to kill, so, rock and roll over, love gun and dynasty. Okay. Um, wait, do we have destroyer? No, no destroyer. 
Notice Destroyer. Sure. That's a shame. <laughs> Next time we can do Mark Refuse, Mark Hill, and the solo albums, Destroyer and the solo albums. Seems. So these yeah, are going to be going up against albums that were released by other big bands in that year. And again, Ken Ken has dominated this episode's picks. Um, so we're <laughs> going to be throwing some liberties. Well, let me go back to the original question I was going to ask. How many of the five albums that Kiss albums are matching up again are in your collection? Um, Daniel. Collection? Daniel? Yeah, how, how many How many of these albums are you yeah, are yeah, familiar yeah, I, with? I got you, I got you. Uh, I, I was on mute because I had to make a mark sound. <laughs> yeah, mute. Why would you have to? Okay. Yeah, I mute. I mute out my mark sound so uh... people don't have to listen to them. Okay. Uh, well, in my collection, you know, collection these days. I'm a modern man. I don't keep collections like some other guys do. Hmm. My collections are mostly digital at this point of time, so I don't buy anything from Boston or. Uh, Blue Oyster Cult, that's for sure. Uh, but I actually bought a, uh, an LP last week. Uh, I don't know if you guys have that one, but just because I wanted to show the kids at school, you know, they don't even know what an LP is anymore. Last week I showed them a music cassette. Oh, okay, some some reckon, but not all of them. So next week I'll bring the, the LP I bought. But I bought one that I thought was kind of cool. Do you remember Twisted Sister release, Stay Hungry, was a great record. And then the follow-up yeah. was a big failure. But I, li- I like Come out and play? Yeah, exactly. Come out and play. With, with you a can sewer open on the cover? The sewer. You can open the sewer and yeah. Snyder goes up. like. So I bought that one just in order to right. show oh, the kids. This is an LP and this is kind of cool. It's crazy. Uh, we'll, we'll see what they think about it. They will probably... Ah, Okay, let's go to Spotify. <laughs> yeah, Lonnie, how, how many of the five do you have? Um, two. Uh, I don't have ACDC. Boston. I have ACDC and Aerosmith. I don't. Yeah. I don't have. I, I have some Deep Purple. I don't have Burn, but I what? you know. Um, I have some Blue Oyster Cult, but I don't have Mirrors. So, no ACDC and the Aerosmith album. I have the two of those. All right, I had uh, three of the five. I do not have Boston, and I didn't what? have uh, Blue Oyster Cult. Mark, good one. I've got all of them except the Blue Oyster Cult. I own no Blue Oyster Cult. You have no Blue Oyster Cult. <laughs> I, I don't like them. God. Ken is severely disappointed in you. Oh. <laughs> you just need the single "Don't Fear the Reaper," and that's all. Oh, no, that's a lot. a lot of stuff. Anyway, yeah. Okay, Ken, how many of the albums of these albums don't you have? Because this is your bloody list. You better have the <laughs> one. Uh, well, no, I, I don't have two. I don't have uh, Burn, uh, though I have some of those songs on the you know box, Deep Purple box set. Um, and then uh, I don't have Let There Be Rock in my collection. Oh, for shame. Missing All right, that well, let's get my Let's get into these matchups. And, you know, mm. 1974. Kiss debut celebrating its 50th anniversary versus Deep Purple's Burn. Now, Burn Burn is an album with David Coverdale and Glenn Hughes. And Mm -hmm. for anyone who is unfamiliar with Deep Purple, because they were bigger (laughs) in Europe and the rest of the world, a bit like Queen than in the US, and Mm -hmm. they did have a slight period of megastardom here. 
Um, Burn is, I think, probably better remembered for the single, you know, and everything else. You know, once you start going through the track list on Burn, it's got, yeah, mistreated. It's got You Fool No One, which is, Mm -hmm. you know, connected with Kiss and Jungle. Uh, Might Just Take Your Life, Lay Down, Stay Down, Sail Away, uh, A200. you know, so there are a lot of songs that to kind of more, you know, knowledgeable purple fans are big purple songs from this, you know, what is this? Mark three, Mark four, Mark five, two or three, three, four. three. Yeah, with purple. You I lose yeah. track. So, Ken, <laughs> you're, you're yeah. going to go first up with uh, compare those two and say which one you think comes out on top. Yeah, well. Uh, Deep Purple Burn, you know, that was that followed, didn't that follow uh, Machine Head anyway? Um, no, no, it's way after that, a couple albums after, okay. Um, but anyway, uh, Burn, yeah, is a great song, you, you know, Paul Stanley kind of redid that song for this Hell or Hallelujah, um, song, there, kind Man. of a tribute to their to, to this song, um, but uh. This album for me, uh, Burn, is pretty good. It's well produced. I think it's what Martin Birch, right? Um, uh, no, that's self self produced. I thought Martin Birch. No, was on that no, one. Martin Birch. Really? Okay, yep, that's according to here. All right, according to there, wherever you're looking. Okay, according to here. <laughs> okay, according to, according to fact. Yes, according to uh, Mark. All right, look at the album. All right. He engineered and mixed it. He didn't produce it. Okay. Well, okay. That's close enough. Um, okay. <laughs> uh, so the first few, you know, songs are pretty good. There's some other, you know, mistreated is okay. Um, I think it's it's not as solid of a, a rock album or, you know, fun rock album as the Kiss album. The Kiss album, a lot of these songs here, uh, Deep Purple would not play in concert. Except you know, burn and maybe one one other maybe, um, and that would be it. Uh, it's not the classic kind of songs that Kiss would play in their concert, where they you know you got almost most of those songs on the, their debut album. It's going to be That's played. So, yeah. um, so just not let's say just from that standpoint, but just from listening to it, uh, I gave it I gave it a chance. There again, there's some really good standouts and great playing on it, but some of the songs I it's do nothing for me, so I have to go with Kiss on that. Big surprise, I would hope so. Well, on a Kiss FAQ podcast, otherwise, you know, Lonnie, I'm not gonna pick Kiss every time. No, oh, really? Um, no, I listened to Burn this week, it was you know, it, it was fine. Um, you know, obviously, I'm familiar with some of the tracks on there, but um. You know, we, we, we sung the, the praises of the first album last week and how how great those songs are and how Kiss still plays a lot of those songs up until the very end. And Ken, you even said just a little bit ago, oh, if you want to go see Deep Purple, they might play Burn off of this and maybe something else. Um, I mean, I mean that being said right there tells, tells you a lot. And... Come on, this is a Kiss podcast. I'm gonna, t- and I don't, and I don't even own the the Blue Oyster Cold album, so I I think it's be 
um, a little criminal of me to take the blue oyster cult. I mean, blue oyster cult. I'm, we're not even deep purple. Man. Deep purple. I'm all confused this morning. You just reuse uh, that quote the next when you get. The I, I, I can use that again later on. But I, would say, I, I guess definitely. Can, I guess blue oyster time. won't get your vote later on. Then no, okay. they, they probably won't either. <laughs> so I'm gonna I'm gonna go with with Kiss over over Deep Purple. I mean, this guest podcast that we're on every week, and I don't even own the album, and I have way too many copies of the first album so it definitely was yeah burn for me is just an absolutely incredible debut album of mark three david mm-hmm. coverdale um glenn obviously as well and it is just the power british blues rock which is just absolutely spectacular but it is so tied with coverdale's voice that deep purple through its you know numerous lineups this really is tied into that era um i love it i, I mean i can listen to a, whole, a string of five or six purple albums i love perfect strangers i love house of the blue light slightly less that's a good um, album yeah nobody's perfect fantastic live album mm-hmm. uh, from from the late 80s and then i kind of checked out after that um no, it's no, great, no. but it for me, for my taste, it doesn't stand a candle to the KISS debut because, again, the emotional connection that I have with the KISS debut <laughs> is greater than any connection with um, Deep Purple as much as, you know, I appreciate it as a work of art. And a lot of Deep Purple's albums were works of art. There's a power, yeah. you know, as some of the comments have been made, you know, Kiss has been influenced by Deep Purple. Um, Just a little. And yeah. How many guitarists have been influenced by Richie Blackmore? How many yeah. singers have been influenced by David Coverdale or Ian Gillen, for that Gillen. matter? You know, um, mm-hmm. or even Evans. A- again, the band is a great band, but the Kiss album is just fucking spectacular, um, even with its imperfections. Daniel? I think production-wise... Deep Purple Barry's Kiss. That's always been my problem with the debut and the production. I'm, I've never been a fan of it. I always liked the versions better on live albums and by by other lineups live, like on Alive 3 or Alive in the, the first Alive. Um, but the Deep Purple album from the same year sounds much better, I think. Um, the Heavy Hammond, you know, the organs, the keyboards yes. by... John, what's, what was his name? John Lord. John Lord, John Lord. John Lord yeah. Uh-huh. Magic. And I mean, Burn, the song, is one of my favorites of all time, I think. And you, as Ken mentioned, Paul Stanley was influenced, influenced by it. Not once, I think, but several times. Like, you know, like uh, on the Alive yeah. 2 side when he did the uh, All American Man, that's kind of. Hallelujah. 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 Yeah, a few times. And, but, but it's okay to be influenced by greatness. So, uh, but if you go through the album, the Deep Purple album, I think both album has stinkers, or at least one stinker each. Love theme on the Kiss album. It's terrible. Mm-hmm. And the last track on, on, on the Deep Purple album called A200 or something like that. Mm-hmm. I don't know what that's supposed to be. Uh, they, should, that should have, they should have edited that one out. So uh, comparing these two albums, yes, I think the Kiss <clears throat> album has stronger tracks, but it, it, uh, it could have sounded better. 
But I still have to go with the Kiss album. I mean, it's the 50th anniversary and everything. <laughs> if I would pick the other one, I would be, you know... Stoned? Some, yeah, stoned. <laughs> if I lived in the Middle East, they would stone me over here. <laughs> Nothing happens. But but um, I go Kiss this time around. Okay, Mark. Okay, well, um, a lot of the stuff that Daniel said I'll have to uh, support. Like, for example, Burn just sounds fantastic yeah. what a great sounding record uh, absolutely unbelievable and i think julian said it as well that the power and performance on this record is just top notch i mean burn what a great opener and i mean also you have uh you know mistreated which is one of my favorite songs and such a great song that richie took it with him when he did rainbow and was a staple of their live performance when they did it with dio okay and Dio did a great version of it on there. I mean, just look at the Rainbow Live, 77, I think it was, 76. Absolutely unbelievable. Now, I've said before, the, the debut Kiss record is in my top five easily. You know, I've always loved that album. Yes, the production of it is weak. There's some tempos of it that are, that are turtle slow. That just absolutely makes it unlistenable sometimes on certain days for me. But, you know, that album's always had a kind of special place in there. I mean, there's there's two songs on there that, that are just in my top two. Like, you know, Black Diamond and 100,000 Years are such fantastic songs along with Deuce as well and Strutter. I mean, to me, that this is a, was a much tighter decision than one would think. Because, look, doing this kind of comparison is sort of unfair because we're on a KISS podcast. So everybody on here is going to be saying, oh, KISS, 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 KISS. But I mean, you know, in, in the grand scheme of things, if you were to go out into the wide world, you'd be surprised how many people would probably pick Deep Purple over a kiss in a heartbeat. Sure. You know, easily. You know, I mean, go to the UK, ask them what what band's better. You know, you'll you'll. I don't think they'll be shocked to hear that Deep Purple would completely bury Kiss. You know, people are stupid. But you know, oh, Daniel. <laughs> but, the, but, the, but you even said it yourself. You said this album was weak. So yeah. come on, you know. So the, the thing is, I. As much as I love the Deep Purple one, I'm still going to go with the Kiss one. Not because I feel pressure to do it, but because I do actually like this record. It does have a lot of things in there that are nostalgic to me and that I enjoy listening to. But, you know, it's, like I said, it's just, it's not that much of a, it's not a landslide by any stretch of the imagination. I'm going to be spending the rest of my day listening to Deep Purple and Rainbow yes, now. <laughs> and, and Ken, Shit, just, just for you, just for you, uh, Ken, real quick, the record yes. that was before this is actually an album called Who Do We Who Do Who Do think We think are? You are? That's the one is, that came before this. Is the next one Stormbringer? Yes. Yeah, that's a pretty cool one. Good one. That's a great album too. Yeah. Well, let's yeah. move on into 1975. Dressed to Kill versus Toys in the Attic. Really, mm. you're gonna do this to me? <laughs> um, yes. <laughs> it's actually a no-brainer for me. So let's uh, get started with Lonnie. Hmm. This one is a lot harder because I really like Toys in the Attic. It's filled with, with a lot of classic Aerosmith. Um, Not a lot. I mean, classic Aerosmith. Walk This Way, Sweet Emotion, No mm-hmm. More, No More. I mean, great, yeah. great songs. Great songs. But Come on and love me. Come on and love me. Love her all I can. <laughs> Anything for my baby. She rock and roll night. I'm going to go kiss. I'm going to be total fanboy and still go kiss on this one. Even though I know Aerosmith is going to get some votes because, I mean, it's damn good album. 
damn good album. But I do love Dress to Kill and, and, and those tracks on there and the, the poppiness and the catchiness of of Dress to Kill. Um, as much as I like that Aerosmith album, still going to give that Dress to Kill. All right, Mark. Well, you know, I, I do I do love Dress to Kill. And I and I love Toys in the Attic. Let it be known that Toys in the Attic was the very first Aerosmith album I ever bought, and I was instantly hooked on it. Toys in the Attic, Uncle Salty, Walk This Way, Sweet Emotion, Round and Round, No More, No More. I mean, honestly, uh, you know, Dress to Kill has Come On and Love Me, and it has, you know... It, it has she and it has stuff stuff, stuff like that. But um, and when I go to it track by track on this, honestly, I, I'm going to give this one to Aerosmith because I think it sounds better. I, I think that the, the writing of it is much stronger songwriting on this e- easily. I mean, you can't compare, you know, some of those songs to songs like Sweet Emotion, right? and No More, No More, or even, you know, Walk This Way, which we're all probably sick of, or Toys in the Attic. It's It's just better written. They had a better producer at the time. They had a better engineer with them at the time, and they were just they were just better writers at the time, in my opinion. So I'm going with Toys in the Attic all the way on this one. Okay, be interesting to get Daniel's, you know, opinion on this because in Europe, neither Kiss nor Aerosmith took off in their hmm. original formats, and it took them many years to make inroads there. So. I think what made Aerosmith over here was uh, the soft songs, like the last one on the album, You See Me Crying. Those type of songs made them over here. Um, Sweet Emotion is one of my favorite Aerosmith songs of all time. I love that one, especially live. Uh, Unfortunately, he has some problems, Steven Tyler. Now, I would have loved to see them come over here on, on this final tour that they commenced over in... America, but they had to, you know, stop because of his vocal cords. Let's see, we'll we'll see what happens with that. I would love to see them live. I've never seen Aerosmith live. Sweet Emotion, such a great song. Um, but Dressed to Kill, I mean, if you compare the... The Aerosmith record is much more, you know, technical. Uh, uh, of course, more... Uh, stuff is happening on the album. It's more advanced, so to speak. But but Dress to Kill works. It's the first album that I think sounds great all the way through. The the, the de- debut and Harder Than Hell has its problems, but this one sounds great all the way through. It's clear sound, crisp sound, and some of these songs. However, they are simple. I'll give you that. Come on, love me. It's perfect if you want to learn how to play the guitar. She is not that much more advanced. But as a whole, I don't think I, I can't find a weak song on Dress to Kill. I love all of them, so I have to go Dress to Kill. <laughs> yeah, I enjoy Dress to Kill. I mean but it's I'm fun. not it's so, not even such a going fun record. I'm not even gonna measure songs like Two Timer or Ladies in Waiting against fun, any fun. song on Toys in the Attic. They're they're just way more textures, and yeah, they're a year ahead, or they're you know a few years ahead, really. I was starting in seventy um, from from Kiss, but Sweet Emotion basically wins yeah. the argument for me, yeah, hands down. Toys in the Attic is a song, 
wins the argument hands down. Uncle Salty, Adam's apple, mm-hmm. um, you know, round and round, no more, no more. I mean, yeah. uh, you see me crying doesn't enter in the equation because, again, that, that was originally just a tag onto the uh, ass end of Dream On that then became a, a song in its own right. Um, and it was an attempt to redo Dream On and, you know, didn't redo. And then obviously walk this fucking way. Walk this way versus rock and roll all night. Those are those are two signature songs by um, two of America's mm. biggest rock bands from the 1970s. And as a heavyweight battle, I think I've got to give it to Aerosmith. Yeah, the same here. Rock and roll all night, hands Much down. Better. But with an asterisk because of Run DMC. Because of the, the revamp of it changes the whole power rating for that song so i'm toys in the attic but i do love dress to kill it's a poppy upbeat album come on and love me is spectacular lover all i can is wonderful makes me happen room service is cool rock bottom is fantastic you know there are there shadow there are really good songs on dress to kill but the production is flat uh and too polished it lacks grit and Aerosmith's got a lot of grit in the attic. Oh, yeah. Ken, yeah. tell you me break. I'm wrong. Ken, break the tie. Ken, break the tie the right way now. You're muted, Ken. You're muted, Ken. Come oh. on. Yeah, audio is real. <laughs> Whose audio is really quiet? Or mine? What? Is me? Okay. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm not going to argue with Julian at all. Um, <laughs> this is... Wow. For many I reasons. Not, I will not get no. the man hammer out. No, no, no. Um, this is, to me, Aerosmith at their peak. Uh, this is my, it's my favorite Aerosmith album. Um, and I think it's great pretty much from beginning to end. Maybe one song maybe is just okay. The rest are, I think, are just great. You know, Toys and the Egg, Uncle Salt, the Adam's Apple. I mean, big 10-inch record. Love that. You know, just great stuff. <clears throat> of course, the hits. Um, I think the production's great. The the songs are all great. Um, though I, I know I, I I do like Dress to Kill, but Dress to Kill is not my favorite Kiss album either. But uh, while it's still good, I think the couple of Gene songs on there actually bring Dress to Kill down, unfortunately, because I don't think they were really, you know, fully completed um, that he had on side one. Um, and I am a Gene fan, but those are not his best. And that's not his best stuff. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't really match up to a lot of these uh, Aerosmith songs. So, yeah, I mean, if you if you go down to tracks, that's that's the problem. You know, you can't compare something like you know two timer. Even no. like Adam's Apple or or, or even yeah, yeah. Like Uncle Salty's kills those songs. I mean, come on. Yeah, yeah. So uh, it's just a great Toys in the Attic. It's just a great album. Again, I think it's their best album in my opinion. But that's me. Um, so I have to go. I have to go with Toys in the Attic. Burn those Kiss Army cards, boys. Uh, And again, Toys in the Attic, it can be nearly all performed live easily. Mm -hmm. And has been good album with with the exception of the single. And the the same can't be said for you know for Just to Kill. But still, love Just to Kill. Don't get us wrong. We're just again 
Mac doing these matchups yeah. for silliness. We're two Kiss um, fans and three. Other oh, there we go. There we go. <laughs> I mean, Dress to Kill is such a perfect, fun record. How the hell can it lose against Aerosmith? Okay, it's a, it's right. a good Kiss um, record, but, but in comparison to something like that, I mean, come on. Oh, come yeah. on. <laughs> within 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 Kiss's catalog, it's probably good, but in other people's catalogs, it's probably yeah. looked at as middle so of the road. Yeah. It's a Kiss podcast. Well, Actually, I, okay, I know, but that's what I'm saying. This is why it's an unfair thing to do this because you're going to always unfair. lose that. It's not unfair. unfair. I, I, yeah, I was, if I was 20 yeah, years old, I would, I would, I would pick that, Kiss. You know? I would pick Kiss. If I was 20 years old, 20 years old, I would say nothing beats any Kiss album. But as I've grown old. The great thing is, old. there is uh, no wrong answer. There no, the thing is, it's not that you're getting realistic. older. It's because you've heard a lot more music. And no, when you, no, when you I have heard a lot, lot more, more stuff. It's, it's you because you try to be there. sophisticated. <laughs> Mr. Kill is a real cool... That is not sophisticated. to the wall album. He's not sophisticated. You just try to be sophisticated now. Talking about being sophisticated, let's move on to 1976 and see how Rock and Roll Over, which is a raw... Not Destroyer. You know, a, a raw yes. reaction to Destroyer goes up against Boston's debut album. Um, I think it's unfair to start with Mark. <laughs> okay, so we'll start with me with this. Now, this, this is an interesting matchup because Rock and Roll Over is my favorite Kiss album. Period. Yeah. Okay, I've always loved this album from beginning to end. Everything about Man, it... Mark, if you give this to Boston, I don't know what I'll do. No, hang on well, a second. Let's see, though. let's see, let's see. No, hang on, wait. Give, yeah. me, give me a chance yeah, I'll, here. I'll hang on. Okay. It'll, it'll be now, now Boston is a record that as I was I when I was a good, early young guitar player when I first heard this album, my jaw literally hit the ground. I mean, this is an album that as a guitar player, people are going, "Holy shit, listen to that!" I mean, those songs on this album are absolutely fantastic. And and again, being a guy who does an album myself, pretty much by myself when I do my own records. I, I have a lot of connection to Tom Schultz in that way that he's pretty much now a one-man unit when it comes mm-hmm. to Boston. But, you know, this album was a great record that was written in band context with Brad Delp and the other guys as well. But this album, I mean, come on, more than a feeling, peace of mind, foreplay, long time, rock and roll band, smoking. I mean, those five songs alone, I mean, I don't think that the many bands have any luck to write that good of songs in their lifetime and they wrote it all in one album okay it's just a fantastic album and i've 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 gone through so many copies of this album whether it's on cassette cd vinyl absolutely love it but for some reason there's something about rock and roll over that always has that connection with me it's it's the sound of the record it's the it's the vibe of the record it's the, the 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 way the band was jiving with each other at this point in the studio. Uh, I really, really think that this album, for me, would always come out on top against most other albums, mainly because it has such a strong connection to me. Uh, and the, the songs on there, there's just as many good songs I can rally off of rock and roll over. You know, Calling Dr. Love, I Want You... You know, there's oh, there's so many good things on here. You know, uh, making love, so many great songs on there as well. So it's not like Boston would run away with this. But again, it's another one of these records where it's very, very close for me. 
I mean, the guitar playing on Boston is is just fantastic. I mean, the the harmonized guitar solos in some of these songs on Boston are just near perfection. And I mean, I, I believe it was either Eddie Oford or Eddie Kramer who, who was given the album to potentially mix at one point, and he listened to it and said, I can't do anything to this to make it better. And that's coming from one of these big producers, okay, and mix guys. So that got, that goes to show you how fantastic this album was to begin with. But again, Rock and Roll Over has that special connection to me and is my favorite record, so I'm going to go with Kiss. Wow. We got there in the end. Lonnie. Yes. Are you sure? Yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> By a hair. Because it's, it, it is Rock and Roll Over, which is a lot of people's favorite Kiss record. Yeah. And, and um, well, the Boston album's good. I don't, I don't own it, but I, I mean, I listen to it and, you know, it, it's a lot of stuff that I've heard on the radio over and over and over, over the years. Um, and it, a lot of people love that Boston album and it's good. Don't get me wrong. It's really good, but I, for my personal taste, and that's what we're talking about yeah. is our own personal taste. It's rock and roll over by a landslide. It's not even close. No. Um, it, it's, it's not even fucking close to me. I'm sorry. It's wow. not, and I'm I know glad I don't have Boston. <laughs> you what? Cursing. <laughs> I am bringing it out because it's not close. It's not close. Rock and roll over is near Kiss's perfection, um, top to bottom. <laughs> and I, I, and I, I probably, I probably actually agree with that too because I love Destroyer. I that, that's defend, that's insanity. I sit here and defend Destroyer every freaking week too. So it's 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 rock and roll over. It's and it's not close. I mean. Boss is good. It's a lot of good songs and it's a lot of stuff that I hear on the radio all the time. But those songs off Rock and Roll Over should be on the radio all the time, in my opinion, because and they weren't it is, on the radio. Is, Who the hell you is had your radio? you had your ten minutes, Mark? Let me talk for three. You're too um, young for that, David. <laughs> yeah, probably. They they should be on the radio all the time because they're classic Kiss songs, <laughs> top to bottom, front to back. It's Kiss's one of Kiss's best albums. So Rock and Roll Over. I I was go, I was going to let Daniel go next, but I I got to follow on with something that Lonnie said. Um, he said I hear those songs on the radio all the time, and that goes to Boston. Yeah, nearly every single song on that album is a hit, and it's a song that when I listen to the radio, Daniel, why don't you take a radio in to show the class next week? Um, <laughs> Kiss AM know. radio. Yeah, there, there, there you go. Um, yeah, every single one of those songs is a hit. 17 million people can't be wrong about the debut Boston album being absolutely spectacular. An incredible work of art, amazing songwriting, amazing, amazing arranging, amazing performance. And I love when I hear every single one of those songs on the radio. I want, I reach for I want Rock and Roll Over to listen to by choice. I go, it's my go-to Kiss album because I want to listen to it. I don't own that Boston album. I love hearing the songs on the radio. You know, it's a completely random thing. It's like, that's a great song. Oh, I enjoyed that. And now where's my Rock and Roll Over CD? I love that CD. I love everything about it. I love the track sequence, Hell the yeah. order, the performance is there. Um, is it a, as great a work of art as Boston? Well, opinions are going to vary on that. But for me, I would much rather listen to Rock and Roll Over. And I couldn't give two shits if it, any of those songs show up on the radio because I've got that on my USB key in my car so I can listen to it anytime I want. Daniel. Well, Boston, the Boston album is really polished, sounds great. 
I listened to it the whole way, the whole way through the album today, and uh, but you know, to me, it's a. I don't know. The singer is a great singer. What, what's his name? The singer in Brad Delp. Yeah, what a great singer! But listening to him belting it out this high all the way through <laughs> an album, I mean, my ears bled for the final songs. He's a great singer, but I could, after a while I had to, you know, loosen the headphones in order to keep my hearing. So, uh, but you know, I can't go against rock and roll over more than a feeling. I mean, it's so wimpy. It's so, I want you, I want you, ra-ba-ba-ba. I mean, the difference, I mean, more than a feeling. It's so wimpy. It's so sappy. I mean, I can't go out listening to more than a feeling. I, I hit the note almost there. Okay. But, but I mean, I want you. I want ra-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba. I mean, there's no comparison. Rock and roll over is a perfect rock album. And this Boston album is a great album, but, but it's a bit too wimpy for my taste. So I'll go with rock and roll over every day of the week. That's the Scandinavian executing chipmunks yeah, in the forest. Chopping the head off. <laughs> yeah. All right, Ken. Your pick. Tell us what. Yeah. The Boston album, I, you know, I, I like it a lot. I think it's great. a great album. It's, yeah. I guess you could call it AOR almost type of music. Um, that it's, is. It's, it's, yeah. yeah. But, uh yeah, all the songs are great. I mean, obviously they played them all on the radio. Probably have some burnt out of it, uh, but I, I'll listen to rock and roll over over that. You know, you know, three times as much as I'd ever listen to that, or more at times even than that. Um, I know Boston's album sold seventeen million. It's seventeen times platinum in the U.S. <laughs> Yeah. So they sold a lot yeah. of records with that sucker. Um, Flies eat shit. Made a lot of money, but <laughs> but uh, I think uh, yeah. Come on, rock and roll over the the production. I love rock and roll over. It's perfect for Kiss. The yeah. songs are you know all the gritty kind of songs, and of course the subject matter is all the you know the making love and all that stuff. Um, but Perfect. I, it's, it's, it's much better for me, uh, than, than Boston. Um, Boston, I'll, I'll pull that album out, uh, every now and then just to listen to it. And cause you know, it's, it is a great album, but it doesn't match for, at least for me and my taste, you know, rock and roll over is a fantastic album. So. Just real quick, I have to I have to mention. I think this is a great idea. It's cool to listen to some albums that you haven't listened to a lot. So I like. Yeah. I, I have to appreciate that Ken picked some of the albums that I didn't even think about because it was a fun day to to listen listen through them. So I hope we can do this uh, this kind of shows yeah. more. No, I, yeah. I agree. Often. I had to go listen to that Blue Oyster Cult album, which I've never heard in my life. I I had to go listen to this Boston album, which I don't own and mm -hmm. to be reminded that all those songs are on the same fucking album. So it, it's, it's a great idea. And I, I think every, every member on this show should get to do a matchup, you know, whatever group of years that you want to do five, five albums, five matchups. Let's Ooh, go that's for gonna it. Be fun. Yeah. Hey, you know, cause each one of our tastes will come to the fore. Um, so <laughs> clearly kiss is the winner 
uh, rock and roll over. And corporate. I think rock, all of us I mean, voted that. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, c- come on, Kiss is pretty corporate rock as well, but in a whole different way. Yeah. Um, let's move on into 1977. Love Gun versus Let There Be Rock. And someone's already asked the question, and it's so far up the screen already. Which version? The Australian, European, with crabs at Ian Blue and No Problem Child, or the American? Um, I only own the Australian, um, but the digital I have on my, my my playlist is the American. So we're going American here, um, which is Problem Child. And this mm-hmm. is, for me, a very, very tricky matchup. Uh, but let's start with Ken. Okay. Yeah, this one wasn't in my collection, though. I might have had it way, way back as a CD. I can't remember anymore. Um, but uh, I'm, wet, I'm very familiar with the ACDC songs, of course. Um, you know, Let There Be Rock and um, what was it? Whole, what's the other one? Problem Child and and Doggy Dog. Whole Lot of Rosie. Whole Lot of Rosie. Whole Lot of Rosie, <laughs> definitely. Yeah. Uh, that one. Um, uh, it's really a really solid album by ACDC, but a, a couple of the songs are just eh, okay for me. Um, and like, it was, it. I don't know if, I don't know what, which version I listened to, but um, while it's a solid ACD sound sounding album, there's a few songs that I am just okay with, uh, but for love gun, um, I love that whole album too. Not quite as much as Rock and Roll Over, but the only really bad point of that one uh, for me is, you know, the tagged on cover song at the end. Uh, then she kissed me on um, Love Gun. Otherwise, it's it's solid, and uh, you know, it's one of the first albums I bought back in the seventies, late seventies. So it it wins for me. The, the Love Love Gun is. Again, uh, to me, I, I enjoy it much more than the ACDC, uh, this ACD, ACDC album. There's some other ACDC albums I like a lot more than this one. Which one? Like wow. Highway to Hell and, you know, yeah. Back in Black and that sort of stuff. So, Yeah, but Rosie versus Christine. That would be an interesting last <laughs> yeah. match. Lonnie. Yeah. <laughs> um, this one was more difficult because I do I really like ACDC, and this is a, a really good album. Um, you guys were mentioning the songs on there, Problem Child, Whole Lot of Rosie, Doggy Dog, Let There Be Rock. I mean, it's it's really good, top to bottom, ACDC record. And and Love Gun is, though, too, um, with with a lot of classic stuff on there, too. So this one was a little more difficult. you know. And you know, Daniel was comparing the, the, the Bossett album to Rock and Roll Over, you know, with this this one is more ballsy versus and Love Gun isn't as ballsy as as Rock and Roll Over is though, you know they Kiss kind of took a little bit of a step back and it isn't as in your face as Rock and Roll Over is. Um, so that being said, it was a little more difficult to to choose between the two, but I, at the end of the day, I'm still gonna go with the Kiss album with because there's still a. a I think the Kiss songs do trump them at the end of the day, at least for my taste and in my opinion. Um, you know, it, it was it was more difficult, but the Kiss album at the end of the day is still better. With Shock Me and Love Gun and Let and I Stole Your Love, Christine Sixteen, it's still 
shop full of great of great and classic kiss stuff even though the acdc is is up there and, and really really good and the track listing on there is 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 great and full of classic stuff so it was tough but but it is kiss at the end of the day all right let's go to the european sensibility and no, i think it's um it's a close matchup uh i think this is one of acdc's most solid albums they were in a row you know the previous albums were great and then they went on with Powerage, uh highway to hell back in black i mean they made a whole lot of great albums but after back in black i think they struggled uh, they didn't create a lot of great albums after that maybe uh, razor's edge in 1990 but other than that I, I don't think they much like kiss had troubles through the 80s and, and early 90s but I think KISS was a better band at adapting at least they tried to adapt ACDC tried the same formula but I mean after you've done it a few times it it's get it gets kind of stale so um, I think after Backing Black they have maybe one or some people say that the the album, the last album was great, uh, Power Up or yeah, that was a good album yeah. Yeah, but you know it's a solid rock album, and I like that they. I think it's the first time they used the ACDC logo on the album. You know the the classic looking logo. Mm. So they had that down, and they had a whole lot of Rosie, and Let There Be Rock the song, of course, and just a solid rock album all the way through. While Love Gun to me has some weaker songs, like Ken mentioned, uh, I wouldn't put up Christine 16 against A Whole Lot of Rosa. A Whole Lot of Rosa would win that. So I think I have to give the nod to ACDC this time around. It's a close one, but I think the ACDC album is more solid all the way through. There's no weak song on the album. I listened to it today and i didn't skip any track i think it sounded great and of course you have bon scott the classic singer of acdc which is the one it's supposed to be unfortunately passed away way too early but acdc for me yeah so another european opinion uh let there be rock is a band just starting to hit its stride yeah um it it's kind of the equivalent versus love gun for me as say crazy nights versus appetite for destruction um that you've got a raw hungry band versus a polished established band um and let there be rock is not acdc's best album to me but problem child dog eat dog hell ain't a bad place to be whole lot of rosie bad boy boogie you know yeah, that's uh, it, it's it's just it's got a couple of duds. I mean, go down to me is is just you know blah, um, but it's as good as Love Gun is. That production and the softer kind, the softening of the sound, um, the decaffeinating of it versus hungry energy. I'm giving it to let it there be rock. Oh no, sorry, Lonnie. Wow. Wow. Once you again. Know. I even said Guns N' Roses. And he... Yeah. <laughs> so, um, yeah, let there be rock. And don't get me wrong. Again, this is like the matchup with Dress to Kill for the same reasons that there are just more heavy hitters on 
Let There Be Rock that get me off. And I can listen to that album and it, the sound, the rawness, the aggression, the rock and roll. Um, yeah. You know, I walked around the house today and I listened to, to some of these albums in my headphones. And when I listened to ACDs, I couldn't stop, you know, like dancing and striding around, you know, every, every song. So there's something about this album that makes you want to move and makes you want to rock. So it's a good album, and they made a whole lot of great albums around this time. And uh, so um, I see, I, I see your point there that ACDC's album is a bit better. Yeah. Okay, Mark. Well, um, when I first heard ACDC when I was pretty young, I thought nothing of them really, to be quite honest, because I thought that it was just nothing but a bunch of twelve-bar blues shit but just heavier distortion and a guy that just, you know, with a, with a good singer, a guy that had a really cool voice. Um, and okay, but still, but that's what I thought when I first heard them. And Love Gun was an album that my sister played to death in the house. When she got it, she was playing that. She loved that album. So that I'll, this album is firmly burnt into my brain uh, from top to bottom. Now, as I gotten older, ACDC became a band that I got into much more. Uh, when Back in Black hit, my sister got it, and that was played a lot in the house. And, you know, it was just played a lot in general here in Canada. They played it a lot on the radio, songs from that. And I got into it. Uh, for One of my favorite ACDC albums is actually For Those About to Rock. I listened to that the other day, and I I love that album. I think that, that that has so many great songs on that album. It's very overlooked, in my opinion. Uh, but, you know, this, again, is going to be one of these situations where it goes back for me more to nostalgia and more to the, the fond memories that I have attached to it with Love Gun. Again, those times hanging out with my sister and her friends in the apartment building, listening to Kiss stuff, going to that one guy's apartment building who had like his walls plastered with Kiss shit and flags and everything. We were listening to Kiss all the time. And this was one of the albums that we listened to quite a lot. Now, I'm not saying that this album, this ACDC album, isn't good. Yeah, there's a lot of good songs on here. You know, a whole lot of Rosie's great. Hell in a Bad Place to Be is fantastic as well. Let There Be Rock is great. Bad Boy, you know, it's, it's, it's all good, you know. And I have nothing really negative to say about the album. But I think to me, because of the, like I said, the, the attachment that I have to it nostalgic-wise, I'm just going to have to go with Love Gun more. I mean, you know, the... To, to everybody's, you know, and I've been guilty of saying this too that I, that ACDC has written the same song for the last fifteen years, you know, or the same written, released the same album for the last fifteen years, and you know that's sort of a uh, narrow-minded way to look at it because it's just because of the fact that they just stay in their lane. That's more than what it is than anything else. I mean, I think once they did like Razor's Edge, they did branch out a little bit where they started, you know doing a little bit, you know, they included, you know, some melodic minor scales into their stuff for the very first time, because these guys are just all pentatonic blues players, you know, nothing wrong with that. If you like that kind of stuff, then that's great. I mean, I love the Black Crows and, I, and they're very much a bluesy band as well. Right. But, you know, the ACDC, I, I love it. If, if I, if I wasn't so, uh, it wasn't so influenced by, Kiss in my younger time with my sister, then I probably might go with the ACDC, but I, I'm going to go with with Kiss. Yeah. Who's left? Lonnie? Did I get I you? Won. I won. Everyone went. I think everybody Everyone won. won. Kiss wins. 
Yeah, but I just have to mention, you know, the biggest newspaper in in Sweden, Aftonbladet, uh, the evening uh, news, mm-hmm. if you translate it, they released this cool, these cools, uh, these cool rock specials, and they included. This would interest Julian, you know, old clippings from 1980 when ACDC released. Backing Black and mm. all the ratings it got from the biggest newspapers in Sweden. Backing Black, you know, the greatest album of all time, selling out, you know, selling I don't tens of millions of records. <laughs> it got zero out of five in one, two, three, four, five, six, seven of ten reviews in Sweden. Yeah, so wow. that tells you something about rock journalists, what they no. know. Not a thing. Backing Black is horrendously overrated. Yeah, but it's not zero out of five. No, it's not not a zero no, out of five, no. but it, it's not as good as Highway to Hell, that's for sure, um, for me. All right, let's move into the last matchup, 1979, Dynasty, up Dynasty. against Blue Oyster Cults, Mares. Ken, why do you have to do those sorts of things to me? Get us started. <laughs> well... The reason because you, I, you've been on a kick lately, so don't forget to promote your Look It's Rock and Roll podcast episode. What, what was my suggestion? Oh, yeah, there is a Look, at rock, look It's Rock and Roll podcast episode with me showing the my recent collection or acquiring a bunch of the uh, Blue Oyster Cola albums or vinyl albums. So, uh, yeah, I've been really into Blue Oyster Cola as of late. Um, and this, this album, Mirrors, is kind of like I picked it because... It was the same year as uh, Dynasty in 79. But for the fact that they kind of went, tried to go, Blurscope tried to go poppy, you know, more of a, a mainstream rock kind of sound like Dynasty did, like Kiss did, thinking that, you know, we need to try to get some hits. We need to try to get on the radio kind of thing. Uh Coat was bitten by the bug, you know, with a couple of hits earlier, you know, with Godzilla and, you know... Uh, um, what's yeah. um. <laughs> you know, uh, don't fear the Reaper. Sorry. Um, and, and they felt they needed something. So they got Tom Werman and produced this album, uh, mirrors. Uh, I think it's produced very well for sure. Uh, I don't think it suits their, you know, their style. Cause a lot of their stuff is more creepy kind of stuff. Uh, this is not that way. Uh, but uh, going up against Dynasty, uh, it's a similar thing, you know, theme there. They're trying to get a hit. They're trying to, you know, be get on the radio. So um, Mirrors, for me, is is really good. A lot of Blurster Cult fans don't like it. It's probably one of their, eh, one of their least favorite, you know. I think it's okay. Um, there are some songs on there that I think are really, you know, catchy, like Doctor Music and, yeah. In the was a release as a single, nice song, cool song. Um, but you know, I think Doctor Music should have been released as a single for on that album. But anyway, uh, my favorite song on that album, Mirrors, is the Vigil, which I think it's an epic, you know, over six minute, six and a half minute song, which I just, I just love that um, that song. Uh, but there's a lot of others. There's a few other songs on there that kind of brings the album down unfortunately um but going up against dynasty dynasty has a lot of hook great choruses and stuff like that of course it had i was made for loving you had that not been a 
hit. Uh, well, I don't know what we would say about it. You know, it's a great written, you know, hit song that made it on the radio. Uh, otherwise, there's just a lot of pop songs, pop hard rock songs on that too. Um, but I, I got to give it to Dynasty because Dynasty just, you know, it's, it's again, it's a matter of taste and stuff like that. But I think a lot of the songs like, you know, Charisma, you know, do, do you know, better things for me than when I listen to them, you know, Magic Touch and Savior Love. And it's a, it's a more consistent in quality songs uh, over the Mirrors album. But again, I picked these two up against these just because they both took that left turn and tried to go pop, you know, pop rock or hard, you know, pop hard rock, whatever you want to call it, uh, to get on the radio. Um, it kind of worked for Kiss. It didn't work for Blue Oyster Cult. Therefore, Mark, you know, Blue Oyster Cult decided to go with Mark, Martin Birch on the next album <laughs> to produce their next album after that, and they got harder again. So, anyway, I go with Dynasty. Okay. Lonnie? Um, I listened to the Blue Oyster Cult album, and it was fine. Um, I think there's... I, I'm going to pick Dynasty, because... I, I just am. I'm going to clean sweep with with Kiss today on on all of these. Um, it, it, the the Blue Isher Cold album didn't do a whole lot for me when I when I listened to it today. Um, but I at the same time, you know, I, I want to clean sweep with Kiss this week. But I think that there's other albums in '79 that you know we do these shows again that I I don't think I I would pick Dynasty. You know, I think there's other interesting mashups like like Highway to Hell and, and, and Van Halen 2 and things like that that came out in 79 that bands were doing a lot of different things um, going in a different direction than what, than what Kiss and Blue Easter Colt were doing. But I think it's an interesting matchup what, what, what Ken proposed with two bands that are trying to be more poppy and are, are looking for a radio hit. So I think it, it is a great comparison, though. So, But that being said, I'm still going to go with Kiss just because... Um, I like Dynasty. It's a great album, and I think I think it's an underrated Kiss album. And you know, we talk about it a lot on the show that you know it's it's not the disco album that it gets the the name for. It's 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 a very good rock album with a with a disco lead track. So I am I'm definitely going Dynasty on this one. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna go because I'm gonna echo some of your comments again. Uh, again, I listened to this and it did nothing for me whatsoever. Mirrors. Um, <laughs> I, I got nothing out of it. Uh, there was like nothing stand out. Nothing piqued my interest to even, you know, rewind slightly and hear something again. It was just, it was nothing to me. And I'm not a Blue Oyster Cult fan. I mean, I, I know the hits and that's about it. I've owned albums, Secret Treaties. Uh, I think I mentioned a couple of others to Ken, but I can't even remember what they are now. Um, Fire of Unknown Origin. Yeah. Um, I, again, I've run into Blue Oyster Cult and digging into the history of Aerosmith on tour and Kiss on tour, and that's really as far as my interest in them go. Dynasty, hands down, just because the other album does nothing for me, and I'll listen to Dynasty and not skip a track, even though it's got some ups and downs and you know some variable quality. It's it's a really good album. It's someone else, uh, Cecil said, a very clean production. By by Vinny. This is Vinny's best Kiss album. 
um, in terms of its production mm-hmm. and just the balance of everything uh, with some of the keyboards um, and, and some of the th- other dynamics. Um, it's Dynasty's a great album, so I'll shut up. Kiss. <laughs> Daniel. I think Dr. Music was a great song, but my favorite of the Blue Oyster Cult album was definitely I Am The Storm. Mm. I think there was a real cool, heavy song. But uh, today, I think, was the first time I listened through the whole album. I, I, I never listened through it ever before. So, And I guess Dynasty have listened to hundreds of times. So it's not really a fair comparison. But uh, I didn't see a lot of greatness in the Blue Oyster Cult album. The one that stood out the most was I Am The Storm and I liked Dr. Music. But other than that, it felt dated. It felt old. Dynasty at times feels still feels kind of cool, and you know I was made for loving you still goes uh, can be heard everywhere on the radio if you listen listen to that or on the uh, at events like in Madison Square Garden hockey games or what are other sports you have over there baseball and and uh, that NFL is is the NFL finished now. Um, uh, have, have they yeah, okay don't bring great, great great because every yeah, american sure. kiss uh, kiss <laughs> podcast is destroyed during the playoffs in the nfl nfl you know everyone needs feel they need to talk about the the, the team so fortunately that's over yeah but uh, uh you know i am the storm great song but there's a whole lot of great songs on Dynasty, Magic Touch, I Was Made For Loving You, the A stuff, and pretty cool production. So even though it's not a, as solid as the previous albums, Dynasty still kicks Blue Oyster Cult in the ass. So I'll give it to Dynasty. Yeah, and that's, you know, Ken made us listen, you know, me for the first time ever listening to that album. So that, you know, mission accomplished with this this whole yeah. episode yeah. is to listen to stuff. <laughs> that's and, what I was trying to do. <laughs> and, and compare. Mark, final word, Blue Oyster Cult versus Kiss. All right, I'll keep it short. Uh, I'm not a big Blue Oyster Cult guy. I've never been into the band. I don't own a single thing from them. Uh, I listen to the record, and much like Daniel and Julian... And even Lonnie said as well, there was just nothing that caught me in this. Uh, I wasn't surprised to hear that Tom Worman produced this because it sounds pretty much like every kind of Tom Worman production. I mean, even listen to, to uh, what's it called? The- Theater of Pain, Motley Crue. It has a similar sort of production vibe to it. Very dry, very sort of sounding drums that he likes to have. Uh but Dynasty has been a record that I've always said before. It, to me, when I hear Dynasty, it's, it reminds me of New York City, downtown. It, it just it has that New York vibe and sensibility to it. I've always loved the songs. There's not a weak song on Dynasty, in my opinion. I, I, I really love that album. So, of course, I'm going to go with, with Dynasty over Blue Oyster Cult. And that's not to say that Blue Oyster Cult isn't a good band. I know Ken loves them. And that's great. I mean, he loves a lot of bands that I don't like, and I like a lot of bands that he doesn't like, so there's nothing wrong with that. But, you know, it's just nothing really connected to me to, to Blue Oyster Cult. I don't know why. And I have a friend now, Richie, Richie Castellano, who, who's now in Blue Oyster Cult. So, I mean, mm-hmm. you would think that I would probably have a better opinion of them because of that, but I, I really don't. But, yeah, hot, uh, what's it called? Uh, Dynasties is going to be my pick. 
Yeah, our musical journeys all bring us together, you know, through different paths, and we've run into different albums and bands, you know, over our lives, and that's what, you know, makes us what we are. You know, everything is a part of our soundtrack of our life in some way. And some albums just haven't entered into the equation. Some mm. groups haven't entered into the equation or in, they have in negative ways. So, again, there is no right or wrong answers. It's nice to compare. Well, these are two albums from 1979 from two big bands at, at the time. Here's two from 1975 from two monstrous albums, you know, in, in, a, in a sense. So it's fun to do the matchups just to kind of, compare and just to see also from each of us how we approach these things you know whether we're all kiss for this matchup or you know this and that you know pick a bit of you know different stuff you know so it's been very i think lonnie has to wear that new kiss t-shirt for going all kiss because he stood up and represented yeah. When, I, when I get that long sleeve T-shirt, I'll wear it on the show. Yeah, yeah. All right. So you know, there's been a lot of chatter from the the, the comments today. Thank you all for chiming in. I was hope I was able to get most of your your comments up, but we do appreciate you taking the time to comment and everything and join us while we do these live shows. Uh, Ken has managed to force me into a nearly ninety minute episode, and that takes some doing. <laughs> Because I started getting twitchy. I did not force you. Minutes. You never can be forced. <laughs> <laughs> I <told you> earlier. <laughs> nice. I suppose I should unmute Daniel now that he's not crinkling his uh, cookie wrappers. Oh, sorry. I just, want, I just want Daniel to sing more than the feeling again. That's... Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'd like to hear I... the silver tongue of Ken. I have never no, heard you, you sung, sing anything. So <laughs> let's do uh, Colin Dr. I'm, Love by Ken Keenan. Yeah, and, and if, Ken, if not, point us to a video on YouTube that is the equivalent of you singing. Oh, okay. Mm. <laughs> I'll, find an Elvis, I'll find an Elvis video. Yeah. All right. Well, that's it for this week. Um, I think we need to do a death match soon and get going yeah. with the next round in that. Um, but I think for now, this is the end. From Daniel, Mark, Lonnie, Ken, and myself, thanks for joining us, and we'll see you next time. Thank you for spending time listening to the KISS FAQ podcast today. All sales are final. There are no refunds. If you'd like, look us up on Facebook or come over to the KISS FAQ message board and discuss the topic we've broadcast today. Don't forget to rate us on iTunes, Spreaker, or wherever you've listened to the show. We hope you'll join us again.